Today on Exposed, the Kalo podcast, will Trump be stopped by something that we have maybe not considered yet? And we're told that having an open border is not dangerous, but who comes through that border? That certainly is dangerous. And Americans are being told that right now we are basically second-class citizens. I'm not happy with that. I don't know if you are. And finally, we're hearing today that we're not at war with Iran. Well, I don't know about you, but Iran is at war with us. And I don't know what you call it when they're lobbing bombs at our people continually. All of this today on Exposed. I have news for you. Uh, oh, Biden. Oh, Biden administration. Man, these guys, I don't, I don't know where their head's at. And this uh, Lloyd Austin, um, maybe you've caught the news about him. Uh, he, he, he's the one that went in the hospital, prostate problems, you know, and all that. Uh, we might not be at war with Iran, but they certainly are at war with us. I mean, we're the big Satan to these people. And they are absolutely fanatical. And there's been nearly 170 more than that as of today attacks against Americans since the incursion and terrorism attack into Israel on October 7th. And all these attacks were meant to, you know, steal, kill, and destroy because that's what they do. The attacks sent on us, our Americans, and our troops. Um, all of that is meant to kill. I mean, what are they doing? They're not lobbing bombs at these at our people for no reason. They're doing it to kill or maim or destroy. And we make it like, uh, you know, this is not a big deal. And we just allow them to keep, you know, sending bombs our way while all the while our troops are in serious mortal danger. Now, we lost three soldiers. And um our president really has not addressed that to the nation. You know what he's supposed to do? He's supposed to go and be present when the bodies are brought back to the United States. But hopefully this time he won't be staring at his watch. I don't know. Now, maybe none of what Iran has done so far has risen to the level of uh, a war in your mind. But in my mind, uh, what's so sad about all this is we've proven ourselves to be nothing else but a weak nation, a weak country. And so what that really does is it emboldens our enemies. And right now, they are emboldened against us. They're attacking left and right, coming from the Houthis and you know Hezbollah. It doesn't matter. The attacks are coming, and they're on a daily basis. This war is real. And we may not be a willing participant in it, at least up to this point. Uh, but let me tell you something. We are at war. Either way, they believe that we should be destroyed. And I, you know, Lloyd Austin got on uh, the uh, interview yesterday. He was interviewed uh, by some of the major networks. And I, I you know, kind of give him some credit for taking responsibility uh, for not letting the commander in chief and even you know, other officials in his office know that he was going in for prostate surgery. Um, so I applaud him for doing that. But at the same time, he had to try to bring in the whole race thing. I don't know if you heard it, but he did. 
uh, making it about the number of black men that get prostate cancer. And that's a true, that's a fact. Uh, I myself had prostate cancer. I know what it's like to deal with it. And I had non-invasive surgery, radio surgery, radio waves. And I'm cured. You know, my PSA is zero. So, I mean, I applaud the guy for doing what he did. But why do he always have to bring up the race thing? I don't get it. So we got all these Hootsies, and uh, they're the surrogates of Iran. And Iran is the one who really needs to bear responsibility for everything that's happening to our troops. And I just pray that Biden does something uh, in the way of uh, retaliation. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be, you know, some far-flung, you know, maybe outpost uh, manned by maybe one or two camels uh, that he's going to attack and maybe some ammunition and blow it up and make him look good. But I think that's really all that's going to happen. And, and these hoodies, what they're doing is they're acting on behalf of Iran. I, I, Iran is really the regime that needs to be held responsible. They're the largest sponsor of terror in the nation. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be at war. Nobody wants to go to war, especially with Iran or, or anyone at this point, let's face it. But we do need to cut them off from their ability to at least make money uh, for their ability to enrich themselves. So here they are enriching themselves, making more money than ever, and they're lobbing bombs at us, and, and we're just taking it. Um, we also seem to forget one other thing, and that is that they're on the cusp of um, enrichment for a nuclear, nuclear bomb. And, uh, you know, we, I, I don't think the United States is taking it seriously. Uh, most of the people from Obama administration on up, uh, other than Trump, naturally, put taking him out of the equation, uh, the Biden administration, they're going along the same assumption that, you know, well, if these guys get nuclear, you know, it's going to be for their benefit, for the nations. No, no, they're not going to use it for their benefit. I mean, these guys are that crazy that they're going to use it for themselves. Um, the citizens in Iran... The citizens that live in Iran, they hate the regime that runs them. These mullahs, uh, they're extremists. And uh, the extremists are really hard-pressing their own citizens. It's only a matter of time for revolt. Uh, but there really should have been a regime change many, many, many years ago. We had the opportunity. We didn't do it. Uh, but I think that's really what's necessary. Uh, with that said, the mullahs are hell-bent on uh, taking world control. They really believe that they're going to be in charge of the world one day. Um, you know, not while I'm alive. Um, they have a death wish. That That's really the way they... They live with that. They basically uh, have the determination that it's better to die a martyr's death, you know, than to live a long and healthy and prosperous life. I mean, it doesn't make sense to people like you and me. Uh, so I say, let's give them their wish. You know, they, they got a death wish. Let's give it to them. And uh, let's, let's wipe them off the face of the map and let's get a good regime in Iran so that the citizens of Iran could be once again be free. Iran was an amazing place when you look back at the history of it. I, I mean, th there wasn't women walking around with burqas on. I mean, they were, they were like, it looked like America. Iran in the 70s was just fantastic. And then these mullahs come in, took over, and uh, they really uh, radicalized uh, the uh, the administration and took over the government completely and entirely so that people really have no say. And the left here has a goal, and their goal is a one-party system. We know that. Um, that's, that's really what we've seen over the past few years. That's why we have a border incursion. We're going we're to get to that in a minute. 
but the left's goal is basically to have a one-party system. I mean, they want to have Republicans there so it looks good, but they want to have control over everything. And when they have control of the House, the Senate, the White House, they basically can do their own bidding. The two-party system, as you and I know it, pretty much will be out the window. And we've been leaning in that direction for a long time. I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, all of these uh, immigrants that are being shipped around the country, it's all for a purpose, an absolute purpose. When, when, when I disclose this to you, I'm telling you, you're going to get upset, just like I did. Um, so the Republicans are... Uh, what they really want a Republicans to be is more like a mouthpiece who gets up and maybe says a few things, you know, um, gets to the microphone and, you know, spews their, you know, this is according to the Democrats, spews their, you know, right wing rhetoric. And, uh, and then, you know, we get laughed at by the media and laughed at by, you know, the elites in this nation and the Republicans say, okay, thank you very much. Sit back down now. Uh, that's really what they want because they believe that they know better uh, what's best for this nation. And the Republican Party has so many people in it who are not in alignment with the actual values of the Republican Party. I mean, why are they there? I mean, we've had people like, you know, McCain and others, uh, Romney. Uh, we call them rhinos today, but <laughs> in truth, they are much, much worse than that. Uh, what they do is they put on the mask they put on the facade of being a Republican, but they vote with the Democrats in social issues, financial issues. R what are you a Republican about? <laughs> what, are you, what are you supporting? They really want to fool the people into believing that they're really conservative when they're not. And behind the scenes, they're working with the Democrats to bring about the suppression of we the people. And eventually it's going to you know, usher in a one world order. I hate to even say those words, one world order. I mean... You know, when we say that, sometimes people look at us and think we're crazy. But that's really what the elites in this world are looking to do. They're looking to bring about a one-world system for everything from health right on through finances, where it's all controlled by a board of people um, who are elites, and they basically tell us what we can and can't do. Uh, for instance, Trump was in office, right? No war. <laughs> no war. Finances were good. Stock market was good. People were making money. Gas prices were low. Energy was booming. We were, you know, energy independent. We're shipping energy all around the world. The United States paying down its debt. It can't be any better than that. Then, on top of that, Trump starts the Abraham Accords and brings together people in the Middle East, something they never thought would be possible. And yet he did it. So, here we have Biden gets an office. One month after he's in office, trouble begins all around the world, literally. And within a few months of his taking office, I don't think he really won, but anyhow, he took office. Um, we've got war breaking out. And nobody is blaming Biden. They're all blaming, oh, that's because of Trump. No, it isn't because of Trump. Okay, It's because they saw weakness and they took advantage of it. And he's the one that actually caused the war. Biden is what caused the war in Ukraine with Russia. He's the one that's brought about, uh, the, uh, emboldened the um, Hamas to attack Israel. They felt they can get away with it. And so far, you know, um, thank God that 
you know, Israel is going after them full force, but the United States is trying to put a halt on it, trying to slow it down. And we've got all kinds of other issues happening all around the world. We've got China ready to invade Taiwan at any moment. And I have the sense that it will happen before the election, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. So Biden and Obama have set the United States on a course, basically, uh, for the United States to be lesser in the world. I wouldn't say our demise. I wouldn't say we're just going to you know, go away into the sunset. Uh, but yet, in a, in a way, it will be a sense of demise for the United States because we right now are the world's policemen. Uh, when people are in trouble, they come to the United States. The reason why we have all this problem in our borders is because people want to come here because it's nice here. <laughs> you know, it's comfortable here. Uh, it's beautiful here. And you got a chance to make some money here. So who wouldn't want to come to America? Do I blame them for wanting to come to America? Absolutely not. But I blame our leaders for opening the borders up and just letting anybody in without, you know, checking and finding out who they are, vetting them to see and make sure we don't have any terrorists in the group. So Obama and Biden working together over all of those years and even now uh, to diminish uh, the presence of the United States around the world and our ability to be able to make a difference in the world. And, and, and when you diminish your ability to make a difference in the world, what you're basically doing is suppressing. The United States will be suppressed. And listen, speaking of being diminished, uh, Americans, you and I, we're, we're being diminished. We're being reduced to second-class citizens. I don't know if you got that yet, but I surely do. And a lot of people I know who live in New York, live in New York City, um, these blue sanctuary cities are all crying for more money. <laughs> um but they're not crying to stop the influx of migrants, which doesn't make sense to, sense to me. So they've got all these migrants. They're living on the street. They're putting them up in hotels. Uh, you know, they've got tent cities in all these places. And the Democrat mayors, like the mayor of New York, he's not saying, hey, hey, stop the flow of migrants. No, he's saying, give me more money. <laughs> See, they don't want to solve the problem. What they want to do is they want to get more money so that they can implement more programs, hire more people, increase the size of government, because that's really what it's all about. And it's all really at our expense. The American taxpayer, American taxpayer is paying for everything here at the border and even around the world. And all the while, we got American veterans, for instance, um, and a lot of elderly who, in general, uh, are struggling today. We have a lot of veterans that live on the street, homeless because they have PTSD or some other medical issue, maybe some mental issues, things that you know they haven't been able to get over since the war. And what are we doing to help them? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I just, I know we're not doing enough. And yet we bring in people from outside the country and we not only take care of their basic needs, but we give them a phone, <laughs> um, you know, give them access to medical care. Uh, New York has voted that, you know, they can vote in local elections. And all of this to people who, as far as you and I know, they may hate us. I'm sure a lot of the migrants that are coming here uh, don't hate America. I'm sure of it. But enough of them do that it can make a heck of a difference. Why aren't we taking care of the people that we know need care of right here in the United States? I mean, something's wrong. We have twisted the truth into something that it's not. And they call it like... Oh, some Christian you are, you know, if, if you dare to say anything against the migrants. But Christian love is not about opening up our borders to people that hate us, okay? 
and embracing them as some special class of people, while all the while we have our own American citizens, many of whom paid the price to be an American, served in the war or you know worked hard for many, many, many years, and here they are struggling, some living on the street. And what's America doing to help them? So the sanctuary cities are all crying for more money so they can hire more people to increase the size of government so they can handle more illegals. And all of this is done purposely. And, and I need to explain this because it, it, for me, it didn't really click until just recently. The word is called redistricting. Redistricting. And redistricting in the United States is the process of drawing electoral districts or boundaries so for the United States House of Representatives and state legislatures, these districts okay, and uh, are, are formed so that when there's a certain number of people, they have so many representatives. So redistricting occurs after every 10 years of census. So the last census was done in April of 2020. And right now, the country is overwhelmed by migrants, like in New York City, for instance. And New York City's selling out billions of dollars to address the problem. And it's a problem that Biden created himself, his administration. They purposely have brought in people from the border, Texas area, brought them in, shipped them into New York, and overwhelmed the system. Displaced citizens in order to put migrants in. Even for a short while, they took kids out of school so migrants could have a place to stay, which was ridiculous. And people complained, and so they backed up on that order. But what they've done is they put the poor people who live in New York at the back of the line. And that's wrong. I mean, elites are going to be elites. They, they can go anywhere. You know, the migrants are in the way. They can get on their helicopter, fly over to the airport, take a jet, and fly somewhere and live nice and comfortable. Uh, but the average person, working class, lower working class, lower middle class people, they don't have that ability to be able to get away. They live there in the city, and they have to live with this filth and garbage excrement on the streets. <laughs> and, and a lot of this was exposed about redistricting just recently. Um, Representative Yvette Clark, uh, she's a real radical, left-wing congresswoman. And she's running for re-election in New York's 9th District. And she made clear that this crisis is for a purpose. She basically said out loud what all of us have known for a long time on, on the right. We've known this for a long time, but she said it out loud. And uh, she's gotten a lot of flack for it since. But watch this video. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. We have a diaspora that, that can absorb a significant number of these migrants. And I, that, you know, when I hear uh, colleagues talk about uh, you know, the, 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 the doors of the inn being closed, um, no room in the inn, I, I'm saying you know, I, I need more people in my district just for redistricting purposes. And those members could, could clearly uh, fit here. So this woman, served on the House Committee on Homeland Security. And she outright admits, and it, it, here, I gotta, I gotta, we gotta listen to the quote. This is the only way to purposely really get it and understand what she's saying. So here it is, quote, I'm saying I need more people in my district just for redistricting purposes. She says it straight out without any covering at all just lets the truth out. For the first time in decades, 
that I could say. I've never heard anyone ever admit it out loud like that. And she did. So this admission is not a little thing. This is huge. She spoke the unspeakable out loud. And she's taken a heck of a lot of flack for it. But you and I need to be aware. What she said is actually the truth of what's been going on all along. The admission is a confirmation that the border crisis is intentional to import a new voting block of people into all of these larger cities. What it does is it ensures Democrat control. So if you take all the large cities around the nation and you have Democrat control to them, that's the larger populations. They have more congressmen, more representatives. Okay, And so all of those people are serving in Washington, D.C. Who do you think's interest they have at heart? Their own. That's why we end up with people like Ilan Omar and, you know, uh, all these crazies on the left who basically stand for evil. And yet their contingencies back home, their constituents back home are all on their side. Why? Because they haven't um, joined America. They haven't become a part of America. What they've done is they've illegally entered our nation and they have not assimilated into the American culture. Instead, they brought their culture here. And the, the garbage nation that they came from, they're basically trying to make this nation as bad as it was the one they left. Um, these higher population states get more con you know, congressional seating and therefore more political power in Washington. <laughs> the blue states have been losing seats because people have been fleeing the progressive policies. So they know Americans aren't going to put up with it anymore. So guess what? Hey, I got an idea. Let's bring in people from other nations because, hey, they'll be happy to live here, you know? And that's what they did. The Democrats determined the solution is simple. Let's open up our borders and let's bring the people into the nation. We'll fly them up to New York or Chicago or L.A. or Seattle or bust them in. And we're going to give them a bunch of stuff. Let's give them a phone. Let's, you know, let's give them this and whatever. Because they didn't have any of that in their dungeon of a nation. <laughs> and then we have lifetime voters. And that, my friends, is the story of redistricting. The U.S. Census uh, recently released the data showing that 1.4 million residents fled California and New York just in 2022 alone. Hence... The race to get as many illegals into the nation as possible, as quickly as possible, um, is the reason why Biden is doing what he's doing. They don't want to lose the political power and stronghold that they have. So they ship them to all the right places. All the areas around the nation, which are blue cities, let's face it, and uh, because Democrats run them right into the ground. So remember, everything that the left does is pretty much a power play. It's all about power. It's all about politics. That's what it's about, money and power. And they will, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but they will plunge our cities and our nation into complete and total chaos just to maintain control. I mean, I believe they'd sacrifice their own firstborn to keep power. I mean, you know, we're not going to talk about abortion, but let's face it, you know, they, it's just another tool in their quiver to keep and maintain control. Uh, this this woman, Yvette Clark, she started a letter campaign just recently uh, to Biden, uh, along with 65 of her colleagues. And they were asking the Biden administration to provide immediate relief 
for protection for illegal aliens, specifically black ones. What the heck? Unbelievable. If we said something like that, we'd be racist. But this is what they say. She wrote this, quote, Ours is a nation of immigrants, and diversity will always be our country's strength. Our willingness to accept newcomers into our nation is a key component of our global influence and soft power. Now, when I first read that, I, I, I said, well, maybe it's a mistake. Maybe that was a, a spelling error or something. Soft power. What, is, what does she mean by soft power? What is soft power? Weakness. See, our willingness to accept newcomers into our nation is a key component of our global influence and our weakness. See, at the same time, we could have global influence and yet portray ourselves as weak. And that pretty much, my friend, sums up what the left is trying to do. It's unbelievable, but it's actually happening right before my very eyes and yours. I'm just wondering where the adult is in the room. Do we have an adult anywhere in the room to stop the craziness? Um, and they keep speaking these crazy things. This is, this is what leads them to believe in their own mind that an open border is not dangerous. <laughs> Well, is an open border dangerous? They say it's not. Biden says an open border is not dangerous. Really? It's not dangerous. Because to them, they have a good plan for control, and reaching that goal is all they care about. At all costs, they need to retain control. So if in their mind, the open border is not dangerous, what about those who are coming through the open border? Can they be dangerous? <laughs> you bet they could be dangerous. And it's dangerous because we don't have any idea about huge numbers of people who came through and why they've came through. We've had um, a huge number of people right now in the world. There are, there are probably millions, literally, of people in the world who would love to see the demise of America. And that might be hard for you to comprehend, but the Muslim world is growing in leaps and bounds, and a large faction of the Muslim world is radicalized. And they would love to see America destroyed. 9-11 is you know, proof of that, in my opinion. And when crazy people like the mullahs in Iran and the Palestinians and multiplied hundreds of other radicalized groups all around the world, when they say they want to destroy America, why don't we listen? Why don't we believe it? I mean, we should believe it. If somebody tells me, I don't like you, okay, what am I supposed to say? Oh, no, they really do like me. <laughs> I mean, that's, you're going to be something wrong in your head, right? Um, they say, we don't like America. You're the big Satan. I mean, if I get called the big Satan, that's not really a good thing, right? It's not. Uh, recently, we had 10 retired FBI directors and experts uh, they were uh, experts in counterintelligence. That was their specialty. They sent a very ominous letter uh, to Congress. I don't know if you had a chance to catch it at all, but these retired FBI officials have no political agenda whatsoever. And, and believe me, I, I researched it. I wanted to see, especially the one who did the talking, and, and we're going to get to that in a minute. His name is Chris Swecker. But I wanted to see you know, what his background was. You know, is he really just another political guy for the right? Because if he is, I'm just going to write it off. Um, and what I found was this guy is really apolitical. 
right down the line. He uh, he has never come out on any side, left, right, whatever. He was one of these, you know, straight and narrow guys in the FBI, the ones we really need and want to have. And uh, these guys wrote this letter uh, to the Biden administration and Congress. And uh, they said that right now, America is in the most dangerous place that they have ever seen in our history. Now, I want you to look at this clip with me. Let's let's both watch this together. Here it is. So, Chris, uh, among other things, this letter said, quote, a current specific threat that may be one of the most pernicious ever to menace the United States exists at this time. You say that an October 7th attack, as we saw in Israel, is a distinct possibility here. Expand on your fears. Yeah, I mean, we, we're trying to call out in a very apolitical way that this border, this open border, 1,800 miles of open border represents the greatest security risk in our lifetime. So that's Chris, Chris Wicker, former assistant director of the FBI for Criminal Investigative Division from 2004 to 2006. And this guy's no joke. Like I said, he's the real thing. Uh, he's never been involved in anything, uh, you know, political. He is a true patriot, in my opinion. He's one of those guys that, you know, we need more of. And when this guy says, quote, this may be the most pernicious threat ever to the United States, I had to take a step back because here's what that means. We are seeing the most harmful effect to our country ever in its history because of the gradual and subtle way that these people who hate America have been able to enter through our borders unvetted. That's what pernicious means. Subtly, in a um, seemingly harmless manner, okay? But yet, they mean ill. So we have this effect happening right now. Um, he said that an attack not unlike October 7th on Israel is a distinct possibility in America. I mean, how can our officials be ignoring this? Now, I know Congress has taken it seriously, at least the House of Representatives. I know they are. Mike Johnson has taken it seriously. He's spoken about this. But what kind of evil do we have at the highest levels of our country? And why? That they would not, like, say, hey, listen, uh, th these are people who have been at the uh, forefront of protecting our country forever. Let, let's listen to what they have to say. Let's take it seriously. Why are they not? Since Biden and other top-level officials in government swear an oath to protect the nation, how can such an atrocity be overlooked? And, and why isn't the news media all like up in a, why aren't they in an uproar about this? Let me ask you something. Is it possible we're actually witnessing an overthrow of our own government right now? Is it possible we can be witnessing and living through the demise of America? Is it possible that an attack on our own homeland, within our own borders, is being planned right now by those in power in order for them, listen carefully, to retain control and deny the possibility of another Trump presidency. I, I know that sounds, sounds out there, doesn't it? 
But if someone were to tell you, you know, in uh, let's say in, you know, midsummer of 1999 that, you know, some crazy people are going to try to uh, attack New York City, maybe even the Twin Towers, uh, you would have said, ah, that's ridiculous, you know. But yet it happened. I, I dare say, hell yes, it is possible. And not only is it possible, um, our nation doing nothing and allowing this threat to continue, to me, is proof enough of seditious behavior. In other words, um, they are working behind the scenes to undermine our own nation, all geared to keep Trump from the White House in January. And listen, I'd put nothing past this administration. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd put nothing past them at all. And unfortunately, the federal law enforcement bureaus, all the chiefs, CIA, FBI, all of them down the line, even some of the military, I believe they're all in on it. They're in on their desire to keep the left in control of America once and for all. And the chatter that people like myself are hearing all around the nation is escalating. And beneath it all, there's still a hope that somehow, somehow somebody, somewhere, is going to be, as I said earlier, the adult in the room. Somehow sanity is going to come back into, into focus, come back into view. Somebody with some guts and fortitude is going to stand up and be a voice of reason. But where's that going to come from? No one, me included wants to get to the place where America is not like it is now. We, we lose some of those beautiful things that we all enjoy. That, that, that something should escalate to such a place that maybe there's no point of return. Nobody wants that to happen. At least, <laughs> at least nobody on the right. Wouldn't it be horrible? I mean, I love my comfortable lifestyle. Don't you? I love my comfortable lifestyle. So what we need to do is work as hard as we can right now and prepare to use the system that we do have. In other words, fighting isn't the answer. It's, 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 it's not about picking up arms and, you know, trying to take back control of the nation. That's not it. What we need to see is an overwhelming flood of voters on November 5th this year that will win in such an undeniable way that uh, the, the victory will be so overwhelming that even the media will have to concede. And that will give President Trump a mandate to make some serious changes, not only in the executive branch, but every law enforcement agency in Washington, D.C. He can get in there and do some purging, eliminate some of these departments, Every area of the deep state, think about it, especially the bureaucrats. You know, they're the ones that like do all the operations on a daily basis for all of these different departments. These are people who've been in the office 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and, and they really have operational control. Everything's got to be cleaned out. Forced retirements, reduction in workforces all across the board. Let's watch this next clip together. Here it is. We don't know who's coming in. We have no idea and no way of vetting. Between October and December of 2023, 50 people who were apprehended at the border as part of cross-border migration were on the terror watch list. Fiscal year 24, year-to-date, 83,500 estimated gotaways. Fiscal year 23, 860,000 known gotaways. 
And then there was about two and a half million people total who came into the country illegally. Wow. With those numbers that he's speaking about there, um, the number of potential terrorists in the nation, that would be enough to plan a nationwide coordinated attack that can literally cripple this nation. What I'm talking about is a coordinated attack. Just think what 19 people did in 2001. 19 crazy men did a coordinated attack with three separate planes. What could hundreds of potential terrorists do in this nation with a coordinated attack? <laughs> they could potentially cripple our nation. And how do we ever get Biden to pay for his crimes against the nation then? What would have to happen to him and his administration. <laughs> this next clip is very telling. Let, let's watch this one together. When you don't know who is coming into this country, uh, you, you can just blend in. I mean, there's no, as I said earlier, there's no way to vet these people. You can't look at somebody and tell, tell what country they're from. It's just an unacceptable level of risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that, that Hezbollah, other terrorist organizations have been infiltrating into this country for a long time, but they're, and they're professionals. Now, all it takes, all it would take is two or three trained professionals to conduct a devastating attack in the United States. See, those already here, their plans are not for our good. You can bet on it. Those who came here nefariously with a plan in mind and, you know, they hate America, you could bet that their ideas and their plans and their goals are not good. But the left is so lost in their ideology. Um, I don't believe we can count on them to protect us anymore because I, I think from their perspective, it would be good if America has knocked down a few notches. Maybe you don't remember when Obama did his uh, tour, apology tour, we called it, on the right. Uh, he went around and, you know, bowing down to kings and, you know, it was ridiculous. President of the United States doesn't bow down to anybody except God. We bend the knee to God. But the left has... If, if, if you want to call it this, they have lost their sensibilities because of their ideology. And our options right now are becoming extremely limited. Every day this craziness is allowed to continue, um, our options get smaller and smaller. Let, let's watch this next clip. Here it is. Threat we call out today is new and unfamiliar. In its modern history, the U.S. has never suffered an invasion of the homeland. And yet one is unfolding now. Military age men from across the globe, many from countries or regions not friendly to the United States, are landing in waves on our soil by the thousands. Now, this is new ground. This is new ground. And because of that, we must be prepared for the unthinkable. When he mentions an attack like what happened in Israel, I don't know about you, but that, that sends chills down my spine. It just does. I, I mean, the woke and the crazy left, what's going to happen to them? Some of these kids we see and we laugh about on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, you know, you know, the girl with the pink hair or whatever, and she gets on and she says, I'm this and I'm that and I'm a cat and I'm, you know, you see these, I mean, what's going to happen to people like that? when these terrorists, if they should, uh, attack this nation. Um, <laughs> if the unthinkable were to happen in America, with the comfort levels that you and I have, the average American is very comfortable with life, this would be the, the worst nightmare ever even to consider. I don't even know if the average American can even conceptualize 
having to live through such terror as Israel just recently did a few months back. <laughs> I mean, these crazy people, LGBTQIA and all the other stuff, plus, 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 um, they're going to be the ones that are going to be attacked directly by the crazy terrorists. Do they get it? I don't think they do. <laughs> this last clip sums it all up. This is this is about security. National border security is national security. Mm -hmm. You just you have to know who's coming into this country. And we and again, we just can't vet these people that are coming in. It represents this, uh, uh, the greatest, uh, as I said earlier, the greatest threat in our lifetime. We have we have intelligence agencies working overtime, but it, all all of those security measures that we've taken since 9-11 are totally compromised because of this open border. We are compromised. Not we will be compromised. Not maybe someday we're going to be compromised. Not, well, you know, we're on the way to becoming compromised as a nation. No, 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 no. Did you hear what he said? We are compromised. Now, that's huge for a former FBI uh, director to say. We are compromised. Now, I, I know I may be a little more rattled about all this than some of you, um, but that's because I've seen way too much proof. I, I've seen way too much evidence. I've seen way too many videos. I've read too many things um, to believe that any of this is just like ignorance or stupidity. I've called Biden stupid and I've called them ignorant and I've said all those words, yes. But what I really believe is uh, we're, we are watching a plan unfold before our very eyes and we are the pawns in that plan. God help us, man. And all this, I believe, would not have been exposed if it weren't for Trump getting into office in 2016. Think about it. And speaking about Trump, <laughs> is it possible that Trump can be stopped by something that we have not yet considered? Well, I just laid it all out for you, folks. I just laid it all out. And not, not because we have hundreds of hours of videos, um, that revealed the you know horrible truth about the conspiracy in this nation and all of that, all the things that happened with January 6th, not because of any of that, but because it's all happening from within. All the signs of everything that we've researched has made its way back that the instigators of all of this problem, just like all the lawsuits against Trump and all that, have all been instigated from within our own nation. So... I don't know. What can we do? I can't say enough. We must at all costs defeat evil. But guess what? We can't defeat evil with evil. We can't become like our enemies. That, that, that doesn't work. Evil can only be overcome by good. I, I don't want to lose you here, okay? Don't. I don't want to lose you. Listen carefully. We can't repay evil for evil. Therefore, our weapons can't just be, you know, and I believe we need to have protection in our homes. Uh, God forbid something does go down here in this nation. We, we all need to be ready to protect our families at all costs. So I'm not saying that. 
I do believe in protection. I do believe in the Second Amendment. And I do believe that, you know, we need to arm ourselves. Yes, I do. But what I'm talking about is our ability to overcome in general all of the evil that is happening in our nation. We can only do it by doing things that are correct and right. What it means is we fight with all the legal weaponry that we have at hand, with all the guts and fortitude uh, and energy that we can muster. Good must be willing to sacrifice to overcome evil. When the founders of this nation decided that they wanted to break away from the tyranny in Britain, um, it it was a very difficult decision to make. They knew, most of them knew, of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, most of them knew they were possibly even signing their own death warrants. Think about that for a minute. How many of us in a comfort that we have today in America would even consider possibly, I'm not going to put myself on the line, how much do you really love America? These guys founded this nation and loved it so much they were willing to sacrifice for it. Are we? Are we willing? They gave up everything. And I believe we're at a point in history right now, in our 248th year of independence, that we may need to once again do something as drastic as declare our independence from tyranny. And I'm talking about a tyrannical, repressive government. And that's spoken of in the Constitution. (laughs) In fact, we not only have an obligation to stand against such kind of evils, but I believe we have a duty before God and country to do so. I can only hope you're as serious as I am about saving this great nation. That's why it's so important we get on the bandwagon now. Tell our family, tell our friends, tell the people that we hang with, tell our enemies, tell everybody. Tell them all the good stuff about what's possible with a good president in office. We need to get this guy out of the White House at all costs. So, Please like, follow us, subscribe to our channel, tell your family and friends about us. Um, We still can make a difference in this nation. My name is Mike Kahlo for Exposed, the Kahlo podcast. God bless you. God bless the United States of America.